Welcome to the UIAAA Connection Podcast. Hometown Ticketing is proud to be the exclusive sponsor of the UIAAA Connection Podcast and to provide schools nationwide with the best options for digital ticketing for their events. Visit their website at hometownticketing.com to learn how they can make digital ticketing possible and simple at your school. Thank you to Hometown Ticketing for their exclusive sponsorship of the UIAAA Connection Podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the UIAAA Connection. I'm your host, Mark Hutch Hunter. Today, our guest on the podcast is Kendra Tomczyk, Certified Athletic Administrator from Roland Hall High School. Welcome to the, con- the, welcome to the podcast, Kendra. Thanks, Mark. It's uh, great to be here. Really great to see you. Haven't seen you for a while. Been kind of out of the action with the pandemic and all, so I haven't been as involved with UIAAA as I would have liked, Um, but it's great to be here and thanks for the invite. Kendra, let's have you start by sharing with our audience here in Utah and across the country where you grew up, where you went to college, where your first job was, where you spent your time in, in youth sports, that type of thing. Okay, I'm happy to do that, Mark. Appreciate the opportunity to share. Um, I was born in a small town called Helper uh, in Utah, in Carbon County, a small coal mining town, proud of it. Still love going back there to visit. Uh, It's a great place to have grown up. Um, I attended Carbon High School and uh, then the College of Eastern Utah, which is a junior college located in Price, which is about seven miles from my hometown. Um, after two awesome years at CEU, which is now called USU Eastern, um, mm-hmm. I went on to earn my bachelor's degree in physical education and health at Utah State University in Logan, Utah. Um, as luck would have it, when I graduated from USU in 1977, uh, the College of Eastern Utah, my junior college alma mater, had an opening uh, for a women's head volleyball, basketball, and softball coach. So um, I interviewed, uh, I got the job, I signed my first contract for a whopping 10 grand, and uh, I began my lifelong dream of teaching and coaching, and, and that became a reality from, for me. Um, from CEU, um, I started a career in secondary education in Moab, Utah, and I was there for 10 years and then moved to Salt Lake City and taught at Highland High School for one year, and then uh, took a job as the athletic director at Roland Hall St. Mark's School in Salt Lake, where I've now been for the past 30 years. Um, How did I get started in in all of this and in sports and so on? For as long as I can remember, um, I wanted to be, as as I used to think in my youth, a gym teacher. from the first time I, I got my first hand-me-down baseball glove and was introduced to that sport by my older brother, I just loved to play. Any sport, anytime. Uh, dolls were not on my agenda. Um, I was all about participating in all kinds of sports, uh, anything, basketball, baseball, marbles, football, tennis, swimming, tree climbing, hiking, running, Um, You know, you name it, I I was up for it. And 
I played all of those things with the neighborhood boys and girls and, you know, any girls who were willing to play at that time. And I was definitely what we used to term a tomboy. Uh, probably not politically correct right now, but uh, back then, you know, it just wasn't the thing that girls did a lot, um, but I loved every minute of it. Um, I did great in all my academic classes, but my favorite time of the day was always recess and physical education class. So I just knew that um, I wanted to, to head in that direction. Uh, Charlene Dupin, who you well knew as yes. a, a longtime athletic director at Carbon High School, um, she was my physical education teacher at Carbon, and she was um, a mentor for me and really encouraged me in the in the uh, you know continuing to participate in sporty kinds of things. And uh, she was just lots of fun and really encouraged me to. Uh, you know, pursue this career. Uh, she eventually became a colleague of mine, of course, and also a very good friend. And um, I'll just never forget Chardon. She was fantastic. Um, I don't know, unlike today where girls and women have, you know, numerous and multiple opportunities uh, to participate in sports of all kind. Um, my childhood and teenage years were spent in pre-Title IX world in Utah, uh, where organized girl sports were just pretty much non-existent. Uh, so Title IX changed things for girls and women, and it truly changed everything for me. Um, and it's really hard sometimes for me to believe that it was only 50 years ago that girls and women, you know, came onto the sports scene in droves. And I was one of those. And I, I was excited to have at least a small window of opportunity um, you know, in my younger years to to be able uh, to compete on sports teams. Um, I graduated high school in 1973. Um, Title IX hadn't yet kind of worked its way into my high school there at Carbon. Uh, so I never did play high school sports. Um, we had a few play days and, you know, did stuff in physical education classes and whatever, but whatever athletic skills that I learned I got from playing with the boys, from watching men compete in sports on TV, and by just attending every junior high and high school sporting event that I could possibly make it to. Um, I kept score for summer baseball leagues. I even became a cheerleader, Mark, believe it or not, uh, just so I could be close to the action. I was a cheerleader in junior high. <laughs> um, I, I sometimes have a hard time believing that myself, but I did do that just because I wanted to be around the action and, you know, be a part of it. That's uh, a, all the time. A, yeah. <laughs> you that's know a great me. story. I just, yeah. uh, so many follow-up questions of places to go. Let me go to a, a, a sure. couple. One would be, uh, so you graduate uh, USU in 79, or excuse me, 77. Yep. So you go to you go back to CEU, and how many years did you coach there? Because I, you said you signed on for a whopping ten thousand. I remember in the fall of '79 when I signed at the Jordan School District for ninety four hundred, and I thought, oh my goodness, I've got it made. I have a real job. And of course, exactly. that's so. How long were you there before then you went down to Grand County High School? 
Yeah. I coached at, at CEU for three years from 77 to 80. And I left simply because I was the only coach there. I coached three head coach, three sports, volleyball, basketball, and softball. And by the way, I knew absolutely nothing about basketball. Um, never got to play it <laughs> other than just out on the playground and you know watched it on television or whatever. Um, did my best. Luckily, I had fun kids and great kids who they themselves actually had more competitive experience than I did because they they were the benefactors of Title IX and had had three or four years of high school experience and whatever when they came to me. Uh, so we had a lot of fun with that one. Um, and I stayed at CEU for three years, left simply because it just became overwhelming, uh, not having an assistant, um, driving suburbans, teaching a full load, uh, coaching, of course, recruiting, uh, was a little crazy. Um, it, college athletics just wasn't for me. I could see where it was headed, um, mm -hmm. a lot of pressure, you know, a lot of expectation. That just wasn't what I wanted in my life. Um, I wanted a chance to impact women and girls, but it, that just didn't feel right for me. So I decided to take a year away and went to grad school at, the, at Utah State, went back to grad school for a year. And then when I got out, I decided let's head into the secondary education scene and was lucky enough to land a job in uh, Moab at Grand County Middle School I started. Uh, oh, so nice. I taught PE there and health for six years and uh, also coached at the high school down there. Um, and you first met Ron Dolphin down there. Yeah, there you go. I didn't know how to golf when I got to Moab, believe it or not. Wow. I, I spent a lot of hours on the course learning, however, uh, hours and hours and hours. But yeah. uh, a beautiful place. Great experience for me. Well, and I'm guessing that, uh, that your recruiting budget at, at CEU wasn't the same as the boys. I'm sure that they took buses to James and they made you drive the Suburban to get the the young ladies there. I mean, I said, this is 77. And so I can remember when I went to Jordan in 79 and we never saw time in the big gym, which at Jordan was not a real big gym. We were in the girls gym, which of course we had to share with the gymnastics team. And of course that's a whole different story. And so you graduated in 73. So yep. basically you didn't see any of the, the beginnings of title nine when you were at carbon high school. Not at high school level, never got to play, never, wasn't ever coached. Um, my first coach um, at CEU, you know, there were two Joy Petersons in the state. One was mm -hmm. at SEU and one was at CEU. So I had the privilege of working with, she was actually my first real coach uh, was Joy Peterson. She was a redheaded fireball. I still stay in touch with her. Uh, we reminisce a lot about those early days at the College of Eastern Utah um, where I was an athlete as well as a, you know, came back and coached there. Uh, when I was at CEU as an athlete, I played uh, every sport they offered for women, which at that time was volleyball, softball, gymnastics, and swimming. So, you know, anything that, anything they offered, I, I took on and it was a great experience for me. And uh, Joy was a great mentor. Uh, she just kind of 
dived in. We laughed about it just recently. Uh, you know, she didn't really know much about most of those sports either. So, but she was willing to take a risk and said, this is going to happen. And, uh, you know, she taught me a lot just by, you know, mentoring in that way, not being afraid to just dive in and do her best and gave us the chance to have our first competitive uh, experience. So that was great. So that segues into the next question. So you've mentioned one of your mentors. What are some of the other mentors you had uh, coming along, either coaches, parents, or even once you got into the AD realm? Sure. Uh, probably my, my first mentors, of course, were my parents. Um, you know, they encouraged me to be sporty. Uh, they supported me. They, they, you know, they didn't push the dolls and the, you know, usual kind of girl stuff on to me. And, you know, they thought it was great, whatever I wanted to do, whatever I wanted to be, wherever I wanted to go, you know, they were there. They, um, were, came to any games that I participated in myself and they followed me all over the state when I was at Moab and at CEU and even here at Roland Hall uh, just to watch me coach. And so I owe them a lot and uh, you know, they were fantastic people. And I think I got my work ethic from them uh, and just their love and support meant so much to me. Um, I mentioned Charlene Dupin, uh, you know, she, she was a great support system for me in high school, even though there weren't sports, she did her best to, you know, do play days for us and encourage us to learn skills and those kinds of things. And she was great. Joy Peterson, as I mentioned, uh, just other people like Norma Carr that I knew of as I got older and, uh, you know, Jane Miner and Fern Gardner, uh, all of those are names of women who were pioneers for women's sports in Utah. And, you know, they were great mentors just by the very fact that they were out there battling to get girls sports into the high school and, uh, you know, give kids and uh, girls an opportunity to participate. Um, as I moved through my career and moved more into the athletic administration mode, you know, Mark, you have been probably the most influential mentor that I've had in, in that realm. Uh, you took me under my wing when I moved to Salt Lake from Moab and, you know, you, you helped me to become a, a better athletic administrator, to get involved in the UIAAA and the NIAAA, um, you know, which were great experiences and continue to be great experiences for me and have really helped me, I think, to excel and, and uh, you know, you and, you know, others, uh, all the athletic directors I've rubbed shoulders with have had an impact on my life. And um, it, it's just been great uh, to have the opportunity, especially to be in Salt Lake, you know, being in rural Moab wasn't, I wasn't as connected. So when I moved to Salt Lake, uh, it was nice to be able to get more connected with more ADs like you and, you know, to have those opportunities presented to me and get more involved. Well, thank you. Thank you for your kind words. That's very, that's very nice of you. Let's shift gears for a minute. Let's talk about your 30-year athletic administrator. Talk about the job of today's AD and how it's different than when you first took the job 30 years ago. Well, actually longer than that. Well, no, because I guess you weren't AD at Grand. You were just coaching. So, yeah. So, let's go back to the I early actually, 90s. Yeah, I actually did begin my athletic administrative career in Moab. 
Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, six years into my middle school, uh, or when I was teaching for six years at the middle school, um, the this, this end of my sixth year, the athletic director at Moab retired. And because I was the longest tenured coach in the building, they offered me the athletic administrator position, which you know I knew nothing about. I had no idea what that meant. Um, I found out pretty quickly, but um, I said, sure, you know, I'll take that on, no problem. So I was coaching um, at the high school there for 10 years. I was in Moab for 10 years. So all 10 years I coached. But the last four years I was in Moab from 87 to 91, I was also the athletic director. Okay, so, so let's go back 35 years then. And let's talk about the change in, exactly. in an athletic well, administration from when you started. You bet. Well, it, essentially it was baptism by fire when I took on the AG job at, in Moab. Uh, I didn't really have a mentor. Uh, the gentleman who was the former AD pretty much, you know, retired and went off to do his thing and so I had really no training didn't really have any idea what being an athletic director entailed um, essentially at that time my primary responsibility as outlined by the principal was to make sure the rain trains ran on time hmm. make sure we had buses make sure uh, teams had schedules uh, make sure that uh, you know coaches were where they're supposed to be when they were supposed to be, make sure I was there to supervise events. And so those were kind of the primary things that I did. Um, didn't hire, didn't evaluate, um, you know, didn't do those kinds of things, didn't really do much budgeting or any of that. So uh, I just kind of flew by the seat of my pants, frankly, and, and just did my best to keep those trains running on time. The job has morphed and transformed tremendously over the past you know, 34 years that I've been involved. Um, so much more uh, opportunity, but so much more responsibility. Uh, hiring coaches, supervising coaches, offering training and mentorship, evaluating, managing budgets, fundraising, Dealing with parents, tracking eligibility, risk management, communicating, uh, and just essentially overseeing one of the most visible and liability-filled programs at a high school. I mean, that is quite a job description, and it doesn't even touch on everything that we as athletic directors are responsible for, frankly. Uh, so it's a huge list, a big responsibility, and it definitely is a lot more, um, I guess, responsibility than, than I took on in 1987. Well, and it's a lot more responsibility than the average person knows, even, well, even some of our superintendents and principals really don't quite understand. I know that, that you know, because you helped us and were involved in our our, uh, our path with the Senate here to get Senate Bill 67 passed, which didn't happen this year, but we haven't given up, but that's, we yes. keep mentioning to people. I mean, it's, you're the AD, you're the, you're the head of the biggest department in any high school, no matter what high school it is, 6A to 1A. And so that is yeah, so very well said. 
And Mark, I'm really fortunate here at Roland Hall because I am one of the very few ADs in the state whose full-time job is to direct the athletic program at my school. You know, I count myself really lucky. Um, you know, when I was at Moab, I was teaching full-time, coaching, you know, three sports, had essentially a prep period a day uh, to mm -hmm. do athletic administrative work. And I think there are still many of athletic administrators across our state that are faced with that same situation. And I think, as, as you mentioned, it, it's a great step in the right direction by the UIAAA to really push for athletic administrators to become certified. And for, I would really love to see high schools and you know people recognize the importance of this role and actually make it a full-time job at a school. Um, it is a full-time job. Uh, there's no two ways about it. Um, it's, it's a full-time job and it's an important one. So very well said. I, I, I can't uh, agree with you more. So we'll leave that at that because you said it well. Let me ask you this tough question. What's your biggest failure in life and what did you learn from it? <sighs> That's a tough one. Um, not because I haven't ever failed in life. I mean, I've had failures, of course, um, uh, but I've also actually been very, very blessed to have a ton of success during the course of my lifetime. I, I would say for me, I guess, as I reflect back on, on my life, and it, it wasn't really a failure, it's more of a kind of a regret. But Disappointment I, maybe, sure. Yeah, yeah, just something I wish that I would have done is that, uh, you know, it's a personal regret that I didn't finish my master's work. Mm. I had all the coursework in, um, but I didn't complete my thesis. And I've always felt that I really let myself down. Um, it, it just taught me that it's really important to strike while the iron is hot. You know, once I was done with that graduate year, it, you know, it, there was no going back and get jumping on board. And at least for me, I got caught up in my career and, you know, it, I just, it just didn't happen. And it, so for me, the lesson I learned was you got to strike while the iron is hard, hot. And it's really important to make sure that you finish something that you start. So that I think is probably the one thing that I, in my life, I reflect on and wish I would have done differently. Probably my most memorable failure as an AD, and this may seem like a silly one, but at the time, I it was just devastating for me, uh, was when I overlooked nominating a 4.0 student for academic Allstate. Mm. Um, it's I happened to us all. Apologies and have never forgotten that incident and that when that happened, it was just not a good, good thing. So all I can say is thanks to the UHSAA for coming up with a late ad option for academic all state. <laughs> I would have loved to have had it back then. There you go. Let's, uh, let's go back to another topic you mentioned just a moment ago. You talked about certification. So I want to give you a chance to talk about certification, about the importance of being a CAA. Obviously, you are a certified athletic administrator, have been for the longest time, but uh, speak to that issue for a few minutes for our audience. Sure. You know, when I first heard about the certification program, I was, um, you know, I was pretty nervous about taking the test. 
to become a CAA. I mean, there was a lot of anxiety around that. And I, you know, I don't know if there still is, but there you know, is. at that time it was pretty new. And, you know, that's all everybody could talk about. You're going to get your CAA and then it's just a test. You know, you hadn't been in school for years and years and years. And, uh, you know, uh, years ago when the program started, there was little in the way of study materials for that exam and uh, to help you prepare for the test. There was just kind of a practice test that I took 50,000 times before I took the actual exam. Uh, I hadn't really had, as I mentioned earlier, any formal training on how to be an athletic administrator. And, and I think at that time when I took the CAA exam, I think LTC 501 was the only available uh, course um, to even take to help you prepare. Uh, so it was scary uh, going in, not knowing exactly what was going to be asked on the test across a broad range of topics uh, that are related to athletic administration. And I just really remember sweating through the test and not feeling too confident when, when I walked out that I had passed it, but it, I was just totally overjoyed when I found out that I had. Um, I believe that the position of athletic administrators, as we were talking about a moment ago, is one of the most, if not the most important position in a building, in the building. And um, I truly believe that all athletic administrators should go through training, you know, work their way through uh, the leadership training courses that are required to become a certified athletic administrator, get that basic framework, because it's only going to help them be uh, better mentors for their coaches and better leaders in their athletic programs at their school. It will make a big difference in how they look at things and how they handle things. And um, so I, I'm, I'm all in favor of certification. And I think that it's, it's critically important, uh, especially in this day and age. Well said, thank you so much for sharing. Let me, you mentioned way earlier in the broadcast about some of the trailblazers in Title IX and for women, but of course, I consider you that trailblazer because you were the first female president of the UIAAA, and I, that's a big deal. So I want you to share your memories and some experiences and talk about that, uh, breaking into the, the all-male world and uh, becoming that great leader that you are. Sure. Well, you know, that was a fantastic experience for me, Mark. And uh, once again, I'm going to circle back and point a finger at you because you were instrumental in helping me feel that I could lead the UIAAA. And you gave me that confidence to throw my hat in the ring, um, to run for the presidency and, you know, take on that leadership role, especially when no other woman had done that before. Um, so I was nervous about it, you know, I was like, well, can I really do this? You know, are they, are people going to follow, you know, if I happen to win are people, you know, going to follow my lead? I mean, you know, where's that going to go? But what I have found about athletic administrators is that they are really accepting of women in the profession. You I think we're are, are a great mentor in that regard, because I think I've always felt that you 
believe that we need women in those leadership roles, that women are important in those leadership roles and that women can bring a great perspective to athletic administration. Um, and I've always appreciated that about you. And I have appreciated that about all of the other male athletic directors that I have worked with in the UIAAA. Um, never once did I feel like people thought I wasn't capable of doing the job. I was lucky enough that they voted me in and I was lucky enough to spend, you know, three years working as the, uh, you know, president-elect, the president and the past president mm -hmm. uh, to help, you know, I hope have some impact on the direction that UIAAA uh, was going. Um, that well, and then you had a, you had additional years as the uh, NIAAA liaison after that. So yes, exactly. Didn't mean to interrupt. Sorry. No, no, it's okay. No, it's okay. Uh, it was a great privilege and an honor to serve the UIAAA as president, and it's an experience that I'll never forget. It's one of the highlights of my career. Um, I'm really proud to have you know served in that capacity, and I would really encourage other women to step out and you know take on and dive in and go for that um there are some fantastic female athletic directors in the state and they could do just a fabulous job and i would just really encourage anyone uh you know to, and any one of those women to to jump in and throw your hat in the ring and get after it thank you let me Let's go to another trailblazing, if you will, because I want to say you were the first woman from Utah to serve on the NIAAA ADEC committee, but you're not there for, you're the, you're the only person from Utah who has served, who spent that four years. So well, uh, maybe share some time and experiences you had on that four years working for the uh, NIAAA and of course, up close and personal about the four conferences that you helped plan and put forward. Sure. Um, you know, I was honored to, to be asked to serve as the Section 7 representative to the uh, NIAAA National Athletic Directors Conference Advisory Committee for those four years. It was an amazing and a truly humbling experience for me to work with some of the top athletic administrators from across the country. Uh, I sometimes couldn't believe that I was sitting in the room with some of those folks, people that I had you know, seen on screens and, you know, had seen at athletic director conferences that I had gone to NIAAA conferences. And suddenly there I was rubbing shoulders with them and being asked to contribute my thoughts and ideas and the process of planning the national conference for national conferences, in fact. And it, it was uh, amazing. Uh, it was amazing to, and truly really a privilege to be behind the scenes and to be a part of that planning process. Um, you know, as the president of the UIAAA and being involved with the ADEC over the years, you know, I had a chance to work with our local organization in planning our conference. But, you know, the scale of the national conference mm. is, you know, what, a hundred times, thousands and thousands of yes. times bigger than what we do here in Utah. Um, and it was just amazing to watch how that process worked and to be able to be involved in offering up ideas and um, 
you know, actually being involved as a, uh, like a, how would you call it, facilitator um, mm -hmm. at, a, at a session and those kinds of things. It was just an amazing opportunity. It was certainly one that uh, if anyone out there gets the chance to serve on a national committee, I would strongly encourage you to jump on that chance and, you know, take the opportunity to see what it's all about. Uh, you can learn a lot. I certainly did. And it's an experience that I'll never forget. Well, thanks so much for sharing that. Let's talk for a moment about the common myth. There is one common myth out there that uh, about being an athletic administrator. And if you could debunk what that myth is, what would that be? I guess I, I sometimes think that folks believe that just anyone can be an athletic administrator. You know, mm -hmm. just... <laughs> If you're a warm body, you're free, you know, the job is yours, jump in there. You know, that is truly a myth. Um, I believe you have to have a passion for that, for the work. Uh, you have to be willing to put in long hours and do lots of grunt work and, you know, thankless work behind the scenes. You have to wear many, many hats. You have to be able to be a strong communicator, whether that's writing or speaking or listening. Uh, yeah, you have to know how to mentor and lead people um, in a positive way. Uh, you have to be willing to continue to learn and grow, which, you know, means additional time on your part, hopefully to take leadership classes and, you know, go to conferences and, you know, take, take on professional development. It, it's definitely not a profession for the faint of heart um, or for those folks out there who don't have a blue collar work ethic. Um, not everyone's cut out to be an AD, and I would hope that school administrators would understand that and, you know, would realize that it's an important job and not just go, you're it. I mean, that's how I fell into athletic administration, but that doesn't need to be the way it is anymore because there people definitely have opportunities to get trained and those kinds of things to actually prepare for the position and not just get thrown into the position. Yeah, I think that's, that's wise advice. I think you and I are product of the same mold. When I became athletic director in 83, it was like, uh, how about you take this on, which you're also teaching. And so I was still coaching in 1983. I think I was still coaching three sports. I think I cut it to two my first year, but boy, the job is, you're so much right. It's, it's so different than what it was then. And uh, boy, some very wise words. What's the favorite part of your job, Kendra? Oh boy, the favorite part of my job is just working with people, working with the coaches to help provide a quality experience and a quality program for our student athletes. Uh, you know, I love to see the joy on the faces of our kids when, when they're involved. Uh, it makes me feel really good to think that the things that I do behind the scenes make a difference to helping those kids have a good experience. And, you know, I, I love the coaching staff I supervise here at Roland Hall. Um, they are truly the key to my success as an athletic director, and they're definitely the key to the success of our programs. And I just love helping them in every way I can. Um, I'm truly happy to take off their plate anything that, uh, that I can 
in order to allow them more time to focus on their work um, in, in offering quality programs to our kids and, and helping our kids reach their potential. Um, giving coaches advice, uh, sharing in their highs and lows, uh, that's really where I find the joy in my work. And, and that's why I continue to stay in the field. And, you know, the kids and the coaches are really where it's at. Um, and even though I'm, I'm a full-time AD here, I choose to, I've chosen to continue to coach. I'm still coaching. Mm. Um, and I very much still enjoy working with the kids as a coach. Um, I coach, I'm the head volleyball coach here and I'm the assistant softball coach. And um, I love having an impact on kids' lives in that way. Uh, nothing's more rewarding to me or means more to me than hearing from former athletes about the influence that that I, you know, I've been able to have on their lives. And I just look at it and say, in what other profession does someone have the opportunity to receive such a meaningful return on your investment in another human being? I mean, to me, all the money in the world can't replace the feeling that you get when you know you've touched the life of a kid or that you've made a difference for them. And being a coach and serving as an athletic administrator um, has provided me the opportunity to have that experience and to make that happen and to help the coaches that I mentor uh, to impact young people um, that they work with in positive ways as well. So, you know. Favorite part of my job, the people, working with kids, working with coaches, love great it. Great answer. So many, so many great pieces of advice that you've shared with us today. Let's finish with a couple of questions. The first being, if you had two suggestions for a brand new athletic administrator, that they should follow these suggestions in order to be successful, what would those two suggestions be? First, I say, Surround yourself with quality, hardworking, committed coaches um, who buy into your philosophy and then give them the autonomy to, to oversee their programs. Uh, thank them often. You know, they're the people who are going to make you successful. Uh, you can't do it alone. Uh, gain their trust by being authentic, by being supportive, by being honest, and by being fair. Um, Shine the light on them because your success as an AD is simply a reflection of theirs. So that would be first. Uh, second, I would say make professional connections. Uh, relationships are really what count, I think, in this profession. Uh, reach out to other athletic directors. Uh, join the UIAAA and the NIAAA. Uh, get your CAA, your CMAA get to know the staff at the Utah High School Activities Association. Those people are amazing and they can really help you in so many ways to, to become successful. And just take advantage of all the resources that are out there nowadays and that are available uh, to you as an athletic administrator and just ask for help when you need it and give help to others. I think that you know those two things are important. And I'll just say one other, I know you Go said- ahead. No, you can have three. I'm going to give you one more that I think is so important. Find ways, find ways to maintain balance in your life. 
Um, Very good. Work hard, but play hard too. Um, find time for yourself and, and those who are important to you in your personal life and make sure you stop and smell the roses and because stress relief is just so very much necessary in order to stay sane and to stay excited and to stay able to give your all in this profession. So I'm sorry I had to give three, but no. I think those three are, are, have That's... been so important for me and, you know, I'd pass them on. Not a problem at all three. Uh, and it... For you, Kendra, you could have four if you wanted, but let me just okay. finish. Let me just finish with this question that I, I plagiarized from Dan Rather. Kendra, what question should I have asked you that I failed to ask you? No, oh, Mark, I think you touched on some really great topics, and you know, hopefully, I shared some information that might be helpful to others, uh, that might, you know touch them in some way or help them to, uh, you know, move through their professional careers. Um, I think it's just great to see you. And I really appreciate the opportunity to share my thoughts with you and uh, other, you know, athletic administrators. Um, and you out there, you all do some critical work. And it's a privilege to serve alongside so many great people who make such a big difference for coaches and for kids. And, you know, I just hope everybody has a great rest of the school year and, uh, you know, they continue to have success in all that you do. Well, thank you for sharing that, Kendra. That wraps it up for another edition of the UI AAA Connection. Once again, our guest today has been Kendra Tomczyk, Certified Athletic Administrator and first female president of the UI AAA, among other things. Thanks so, much, thanks so much for being on the podcast today, Kendra. My pleasure, Mark. Thank you. For our listeners, we hope you tune in again next week for another edition of the UI AAA Connection. <laughs>